Welcome to the Fern Podcast, As the Season Turns. Released on the first of the month, each episode will be following the changing landscape of the seasons, from the moon and the stars to the tides and the trees. I'm Leah Landers, author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide, and this podcast is created by Fern, makers of small-batch organic perfume who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you to settle deeper into the seasons. It is March and spring is really happening now. Summer visiting birds begin to return. Bumblebees are tentatively buzzing. The ground can be cultivated. Yellow is the colour of March. Bright daffodils, winter aconites, primroses, lemon-toned brimstone butterflies and bright spring sunshine, at least in between the showers and the gales. March was once a pivotal moment in the year. In the Roman calendar, March, or Martius, was the first month. And in Britain, the 25th of March, Lady Day, remained the beginning of the legal year until 1752. Some old land tenancies still run from Lady Day to Lady Day. The month was named after Mars, the god of war and, less famously, the guardian of agriculture. March was considered the month when both farming and warfare could begin, because no one wants to be out crusading in the snow. Anglo-Saxon names for March included Hlidmona, meaning stormy month, and Hredmona, meaning rugged month, both of which give a good flavour to the experience of being outdoors at the moment. The Oak Tree in March The rings of a felled oak can tell us much about its life. Each darker ring marks one winter, each lighter ring one summer. A broad, pale ring is the result of fast growth during a good summer, while a dense, narrow one is evidence of a cold one or a summer of drought. March is a restless month, swinging from winter to spring in a matter of weeks. For our oak tree, it is a time of important preparation. It must be ready to make the most of the coming warm weather and sunshine, while at the same time continuing to preserve itself from the hard frosts that can persist well into the month. So the oak watches and waits, not only for warmer weather but for longer days. Weather is unpredictable and varies from year to year, and to rely on increased temperature alone would be catastrophic. So the tree has also evolved light sensors, which tell it when the days have reached a certain length. By the end of March, the light has won out over the dark for another six months, and the buds of our oak will be bursting. Young oak leaves, of which a large tree may grow many hundreds of thousands, are yellow-green and frilly, their scalloped edges rippling in the sunshine. Now begins a new season for the tree, one of sustained and sustaining growth. Bird of the Month, Skylark. This is a wonderful time to go out into the countryside and see if you can spot a skylark. Chances are, though, that you will hear one first. And when you see it, 
the bird will be a mere speck high above your head. Male skylarks rise vertically up into the air and then hover there, fluttering their wings to remain stationary. They stay at 50 to 200 metres high for up to an hour, singing their hearts out across the meadows, salt marshes, heath and farmland that they most often inhabit. The song is complex and varied, containing much mimicry of other birds. The songs of linnets, corn buntings, curlews and redshanks can all get thrown into the glorious mix, depending on the habitat that each skylark inhabits. Eventually, they make a gliding, parachuting flight back down to the ground. Skylarks sing like this almost all year round. The song has different purposes throughout the year, but in the spring, it is to attract a mate. Once they pair up, the skylarks go to the other extreme and make their cup-shaped grass nests directly on the ground. Sadly, these are very susceptible to predators, which may partly account for the extreme decline in the birds' numbers. Skylark pairs will lay several broods of eggs through the season. The hatchlings leave the nest before they can fly, after just eight to ten days, but they stay nearby and continue to be fed by the parents for a further ten days. A little smaller than a starling, the skylark is an unremarkable-looking bird, with soft brown markings on the head and back, and a pale brown breast, and the males and females are very similar. You are most likely to spot one by its behaviour and song. Larks have been much celebrated in poetry and music, and their song is traditionally associated with daybreak. Inside the beehive in March. As the weather warms and days lengthen, activity within the hive increases. Lots of worker bees, non-reproducing female bees that do most of the work of the hive, must be raised to replace the bees that have died over winter. And so the queen starts laying lots of eggs into brood cells, which are situated in the centre of the frame and capped with a small dome of yellowy wax. There are more forays out of the hive to gather from early bloomers. Wood anemone, sweet violets, blackthorn, pussy willow and goat willow. And hopefully return with pollen baskets laden. This month is essential to replenish the hive's stores after the long winter. A wet and cold spring with few flowers can be disastrous. But a mild spell now will set the colony up for a bumper summer. Wild and naturalised daffodils. Our native daffodil, Narcissus pseudo-narcissus, is pretty, pale and delicate, known as the Lent lily, and once widely and affectionately called the daffodowndilly. Due to habitat loss, it is not nearly as common as it once was, but clumps and drifts can still be found, tossing their heads in the March breezes, in fields and on verges down the western half of the country. The best place to see them is Gloucestershire's Golden Triangle, where a ten-mile footpath known as the Daffodil Way runs through woods, orchards and meadows. The Tenby Daffodil, Narcissus pseudonarcissus subspecies obvolaris, is small and sturdy and a bolder yellow. It may have originated as a cultivated flower, 
but it now grows wild across West Wales. Look out too for clumps of unusual daffodils flowering in Cornish verges. These may be remnants of heritage cultivars, once the stalwarts of the Cornish cut flower industry, but dumped along road edges during the Second World War, when farmers had to turn their fields over to food production. In season, in the hedgerows, woods and fields. Alexanders, bistort, burdock, chickweed, comfrey leaves, dandelion, fat hen, good king henry, hawthorn tips, hop tips, nettle tips, orac, rampion, salad bonnet, sea beet, sorrel, tansy, watercress, wild garlic, wintercress, wood sorrel, primulas, cowslips, violets and birch sap. From the seashore and rivers, oysters, scallops, mussels, elvers, coley, dab, lemon sole, cod, haddock, whiting, pollock, salmon, lava, pepperdolls, carrageen, egg rack, sea lettuce, sugar kelp, sea kale. From the kitchen garden, purple sprouting broccoli, brussels sprouts, chicory, kale, onions, radishes, Cabbages, cauliflowers, chard, lettuce, spinach, turnips, forced rhubarb, sorrel, winter savoury, parsley, chervil, coriander, rosemary, bay and sage. In the cool mist of a March dawn or dusk, if you are very lucky, you may see a remarkable sight. At this time of year, the hares are out in the fields, and it is mating season. When a buck is a little too persistent in the chase, a doe may turn and raise her fists. To see these battles under the equinox moon is considered particularly lucky. Take a pair of binoculars and settle yourself quietly along a field margin and wait. Some say that in Celtic mythology the hare goddess Istra was linked to the chain from winter to spring and to the moon. Each full moon she was said to shapeshift into a hare. All other hares were sacred to her and acted as her messengers. The Celts may have used hares in shamanic practices, studying their tracks and mating rituals to divine the future. And it was believed that they carried messages from the underworld as they emerged in spring. It was considered deeply unlucky to kill a hare until well into the 19th century. As Christianity took hold in Europe, hares began to be associated with witchcraft. One Dartmoor legend tells the story of how a hunter named Bowerman disturbed a coven of witches one night. To punish him, one of the witches transformed herself into a hare and led Bowerman and his dogs into a bog where she transformed them into piles of stones. Today, these stones are known as Hound Tor and Bowerman's Nose. Names for March's full moon, which falls on the 18th. Plough Moon, Wind Moon, Lenten Moon and Chaste Moon. Finally, spring feels unstoppable and the landscape beneath this month's full moon on the 18th is easing its way out of winter's grip, with banks of pale wild daffodils swaying in the March breezes, 
and dots of blossom visible under its silvery light. Throughout the year, we will see a series of moon names that reference big seasonal jobs, and the plough moon is the first of these, perhaps suggesting that the light of the full moon allowed people to carry on ploughing well into the evening. Farming and gardening begin in earnest this month, often in gusty conditions, as the name wind moon suggests. The name Lenten moon for March's full moon partially reflects the fact that we are now mid-Lent, and chaste moon may also allude to Lent's constraints. But the word itself originates in the old English word lengthen, which means spring, and is in reference to the lengthening days, which are hard to ignore as this month we reach the equinox, when day and night are finally the same length. March winds. Wind is the result of a difference in air pressure between two neighbouring areas. The more extreme the difference, and the closer the two areas, the greater the wind. High air pressure tends to come with cold air, and low pressure with warm. In March, the sea around the British Isles is still extremely cold, but the land is being heated by an increasingly warm sun, leading to great differentials. At the same time, the jet stream starts to head northwards, which brings warm weather while driving areas of low pressure towards us. It is a time of considerable instability and turbulence before warmth wins out later in spring. During the course of March, day length increases by 2 hours and 28 minutes to 13 hours and 4 minutes in Inverness, and by 1 hour and 54 minutes to 12 hours 50 minutes in Padstow. The average sea temperature this month in Orkney is 7.1 degrees Celsius and in Penzance is 9.4 degrees Celsius. The St Agnes Labyrinth is a ritual journey to help sailors to tame storms before they leave shore. The Troy Town Labyrinth on St Agnes, Isles of Scilly, is the only centuries-old stone labyrinth in the United Kingdom. Although it is rumoured to have been rebuilt by lighthouse keeper Amor Clark in 1729, he may have done so on the site of a much older labyrinth, possibly a part of a larger Neolithic landscape. Claire Gogarty, in her book Beyond the Footpath, says that such labyrinths are frequently found on the shorelines of Sweden, Norway and Finland, often near ports, and that they were walked by fishermen before setting out to sea, to ensure a good catch and to ensnare unfavourable winds. The names of some of these labyrinths, Trojaborg, Troborg and Trojanborg, also allude to the defensive walls of Troy, which were built in a deliberately confusing and layered way. Like the Scandinavian labyrinths, the one at Troytown is a classical labyrinth, one of the simplest and oldest kinds, and the type associated with the myth of Theseus and the Minotaur. A classical labyrinth usually has seven circuits, as at Troytown, but sometimes has eleven or fifteen. A labyrinth differs from a maze in that there is no possibility of getting lost. There is one route in and one route out. Therefore, the purpose is contemplative and ritualistic, like touching wood or crossing yourself at the thought of danger. 
Ritual of the Month The spring equinox is a moment of balance, winter and summer bowing to one another on equal terms. But it is also a time of great change, the beginning of spring and the joyful business of this season. To embrace this excitement, perhaps you might give some seeds to a friend. Collect them from a plant in your garden, pop to the local garden centre or supermarket, or support your local nursery. Given their wonderful contents, packets of seeds are cheap and cheerful gifts, and the perfect way to mark this shift between seasons. You might decide to plant these seeds together, marking the moment with a small intention or hope as you cover each seed with soil. Or tip a few into an envelope for someone far away, a lovely thing to receive in the post. You don't need a garden to plant a seed, only a little soil. You can plant them in a pot on the balcony or in a tray set on a windowsill. Give wildflowers to a nature enthusiast, herbs to your favourite chef and fast-growing poppies to an impatient friend. In the Fern Studio This month, in Fern's Somerset Studio, the team is busy preparing for the release of Spring 22. This fragrance was designed in collaboration with the Michelin-starred chef Sky Gingle, who introduced the sweet, sharp accord of elderflower and gooseberry at its heart. This accord is surrounded by sunshine top notes of orange and pink peppercorn, warm floral mid-notes of jasmine and neroli, and a hint of spiced earth at the base with vetiver and ginger. The bottles have been filled and are now being packed by hand into trays made with mycelium, that's mushroom roots, which have been trained to grow around wood chippings, a byproduct of the timber industry. These trays are fully compostable and good for garden tasks. And in keeping with our March ritual, this season Fern has included a slip of poppy seed paper in each parcel, which can be grown into lovely, bright, bee-friendly poppies in the mycelium trays. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2022, also available as an audiobook. This podcast has been created by Fern. Fern is an organic fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern production ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co.